Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. You have your Bibles with you. And we do again have CDs in the back. They're $10 for one, $300 for a box. <laughs> Somebody one day is going to do it. <laughs> My wife's giving me easy, honey. <laughs> I subdue that. Is Tukey here? I didn't know she was here. Brittany has always been, since she was a tiny girl, she was, where are you at? Where are you at? Where did you, come on. Where are you, there's Tukey. <laughs> My little Tukey, she's grown up, she's beautiful, she's gorgeous, single, down boys, down. I'm sorry, I didn't know he was here, Tukey, I didn't know. Some things will never change. You know, when, I'm, when you guys are, are, are 40 and 50 years old, I'll still call you Flat Top Barney and Tukey. That's just the way it's going to be. And if I know some of y'all long enough, I'll get a nickname for you too. You have your Bibles this morning? That was a question. Y'all have your Bibles? Well, let's lift them up. You got your Bibles, your iPad, whatever you're going to be using this morning. IPhone. There we go. We got it all. We got technology going this morning. If you don't have your Bible, look at your neighbor and say, what's up with that? Why did you come here without a Bible this morning? Why did you come in the house unarmed? You know, all the gun lovers said amen this morning. I said unarmed, they all went off on me. (laughs) And I am packing this morning, so don't mess with me. (laughs) Turn with me to John 14 and 27. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. Pages are shuffling, fingers are moving. John 14, 27. Are you there? I love this. He said, my peace I leave with you. My peace, he says, I give it to you. He said, not as the world would give you. He says, but my peace I give. Can I paraphrase it? Can I do the Larry's Amplified? My peace I leave with you. I give to you. Here. Take it. I'm giving it to you. My peace I give to you. Take it. How many here loves gifts? I love gifts. I love it. it, it I'm 2X if anybody wants to know. And I also need to know where the end of this platform is at. One thing my dad said, I said, what do you think I should learn when I preach? And he said, just learn where the edge of the platform is at and take it from there. <laughs> I love to receive gifts. I want, I, I want a, a matter of fact, I want, a, I want a Ford Church t-shirt. Do you make them in my size? Uh, please. Whoa. I'd definitely go on a diet now. It's not a 4X, a 2X. Work with me. (laughs) 
But Jesus said, I, I give you my peace. He said, I give it to you. Why don't we just take it? Why in this world, even amongst the Christian community, does there seem to be so little of that commodity, peace? Joy. Just check yourself. When you've lost your strength, you know you've lost your joy. We as Christians, we ought to have more joy than what the world has, okay? We ought not walk around like we've been slapped in the face with a dead rat. Come on, somebody. I was with a group in Sammy, called Sammy Hall in, in, in Nashville years ago. And we had a song called, If You're Happy, Notify Your Face. I see some Christians, they've been Christians, say, I've been in the way for 40 years. Yes, you have. Sit down, honey. They walk around with what I call a perma scowl on their face. If you're full of the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, how many know you ought to have some joy in your heart? You ought to have some peace. You ought to have some of that commodity. Amen? Amen. I'm going to tell you, in this life, we're not promised that there would not be storms, trials, or struggles, but what we were promised is that we would have peace in the midst of the storm. Anybody going through a storm here today? God has promised you peace in the very midst, in the very middle of that storm, that struggle, that things come against you. Peace. He says, I'll leave it for you. It's yours. Take it. He says, I have promised you peace in the midst of your storm. And I want to tell you this morning that peace is not conditional. That peace is not conditional. It's not conditional upon your finances, it's not conditional upon your health. Your possessions, your relationships, hello? Or who's in the White House or who's not? I know that's easy to say, but it's hard to do. Now, how many of you love gifts? I mean, I, I, I've said it. Do you love gifts? That was the nature of a question. Come on, once for yes, twice for no. Work with me this morning. I'm not going to let you be quiet. How many loves gifts? Thank you. And so when somebody gives you a gift, is it not customary to receive it? I ask again, why have we not received the gift of his peace? He said, my peace, I leave it. He said, I leave it with you. He could have left it. He said, anything else. But he said, my peace, I leave with you. And if Jesus, we serve the Bible says he's the prince of peace. How many glad to know you are serving the prince of peace? Your word declares the joy of the Lord is what? My strength. We live in a day filled with wars, terror, economic crisis. That's all you hear. And I want to tell you something. You need to be aware, church. If you're going to fight a battle, you need to know something about your enemy. It's your enemy's strategic plan to strip you of your peace and of your joy. Can somebody say amen? Can somebody bear witness? And I can. If you're taking notes this morning, 
I'm going to give you several points this morning on how you will lose your peace and how you will lose your joy. The enemy is after your peace. He is after your peace this morning. Number one, you will lose your joy when you put your trust in this world's system instead of God's kingdom. Instead of Jesus and his kingdom. I can't live by the world's economy. If, if I want to sit and worry about that, I could worry about that 24-7. Anybody bear witness with me? Number two, you will lose your joy when you spend more time watching CNN, Fox News, reading USA Today, fretting and fuming over all the stupid and mindless things that your elected officials are doing. It seems like to me a spirit of stupid has come over our leaders. I don't get, don't get angry. I, I really believe this. It's just like a spirit of stupidity has come over the United States. This thing with bathrooms. Come on, give me a break, somebody. It's not that hard to figure out. Check yourself. Whatever your plumbing is, that's what you are. Hello? It's not rocket science. Stupidity. I mean, you can't fix stupid like that with duct tape. I mean, come on. But you can mask the sound. <laughs> if you spend more time worrying about that, and I can be guilty. Susie, she just tells me sometimes, Larry, cool your jets. Just relax. If you spend more time worrying about that than you do spending time in God's word and what he says about you, you're going to lose your joy. And believe me, you can do it in a hurry if you just watch just a little bit. of. If that's all you do is sit down and watch even Fox News, I don't care which one. If that's, if that's what you consume, I can tell you, you're going to lose your peace. You're going to lose your joy. Bradley, I work alone. <laughs> he said, you lose your mind, you will. I'm kidding. You just chime in anytime you want. Are you hearing me this morning? Man, we live in, we're, here's what's happening, church. We're living in the end of the age. This thing is about to boil down. Jesus is coming back soon. And he said it would be like this. He said, when you see these, when you see wars, you see rumors of wars, when you see all this happening, he said, stick your head in the sand and just bury yourself. No, he said, lift up your heads, do what? Rejoice. For your redemption draweth nigh. I will, brother. Rejoice. Paul said rejoice, and he said, and again I say rejoice. He said, let me just make it real personal. Rejoice. He said, for your redemption draweth nigh. Church, he's coming back soon. He said, I will keep him in perfect peace. Who what? Who keeps his mind stayed on me. That means fixed, fashioned, and focused on him. David said, I beheld his presence before me, what? Continually. How do you think David did the things that he did? By being in the presence of the Lord. And I want to tell you something, church. If you just spend five minutes in the presence of the Lord all week, you're not going to make it. 
How can you know somebody intimately that you never spend time in their presence? You never take time to talk to them. Before I get out of bed, I'm talking to him. I'm saying, Jesus, I love you. I honor your presence this morning. It's the last thing I do before I go to sleep. We need to be in a constant dialect with the Prince of Peace. At your job, you don't have to jump up on your desk and scream, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Say, Lord, I worship you. I honor you where I am today. I, I worship you. Talk to him. He'll listen. And if you get close enough to him, he'll talk back to you. Some people say, well, I never hear the voice of the Lord. It's because you're not close enough. You have to be near somebody to hear them speak. Hello? I never hear his voice. Well, get your head out of the world's garbage can, and maybe you might be able to hear him. Just a thought. Still love me? He said, I will keep him in perfect peace who keeps his mind stayed on me. He said, in peace, I will both what? I will lie down. I'll sleep for you alone, O Lord. Make me dwell in safety. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. And he said, they're plans for good. God has plans for you. Young people, God has plans for you. And he says, they're plans for good. And old people, I like this part. He said, to bring you hope when? In your latter days. I'm not going to ask who thinks you're in their latter days here. That just means the older you get, the more hope you get. He says, I know the plans. God's got plans for you. I don't care if you're 99 years old. God has a plan for you. It's one thing for God to know about his plans for you. It's another thing for you to know. And you'll never know what his plans are for you unless you get up close to him. Like that song says, Jesus Draw me close, closer, Lord, to you. He said, let this world around me, let it just fade away. I love the verse, draw close to me. He said, draw nigh to me, and I, what? I'll draw nigh to you. What a deal. God is not a man that he should lie. He says, if you'll pull up close to me, he says, I'll honor that, and I'll draw close to you. What a deal. Jesus, draw me close. Closer, Lord, do you let this world around me, the things I'm struggling with, the things that I'm going through, oh God. Instead of that, I will just focus on you and let the world around me fade away. Number three, and I've been talking about already, you will lose your joy when you fail to passionately pursue God and spend quality time in his presence. The Bible says he is a rewarder of those who what? Somebody say it out loud. Diligently, not haphazardly, seek him. He is a reward. God rewards you when you seek him. Each day I fail to get in his presence is a day that I deny reward. For in his presence there is fullness. Joy. Have you lost your joy? You're in the right place today. The song says this ain't no house of the blues. It's a house of good news. This ain't no place to break down. This house is a place to break through. It's a place of breakthrough. 
And he is in this house today. I don't care who you are, what you're going through. God has it in control. He's got your back. He's got this. I know the storm may seem tough this morning. God can handle it. In 1 Chronicles 16, 27, he said, Splendor and majesty are in his presence. Strength and joy are where he is. That's why the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Are you getting this this morning? He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. You will never know him until you spend time in his presence. We sing a song at my church that says, there's nothing like the presence of the Lord. Let me tell you forward, church, the presence of the Lord, it's a big deal. I want to say it again, the presence of the Lord, it's a big deal. There's nothing like his presence. Nothing can take the place of the presence of the Lord. I've been on almost every drug there was, but nothing could take the presence of the Lord. Nothing. There is no substitute. Can I get an amen? Amen. The greatest thing in your life is knowing him. Paul said, oh, that I might know him. That was the greatest wish Paul, the greatest apostle ever had. He said, oh, that I might know him in the fullness of his joy, even in his suffering, that I might know him. I preached the last time I was here, oh, that I might know him. Do you know him? Not about him, do you? Do you know him this morning? Number four. You will quickly lose your joy when you choose to focus more on your situation instead of Jesus. I know that's easy to say, sometimes hard to do. Being moved by what you see instead of what God said what is. Abraham, the father of our faith, declared, I'm not moved. He said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm convinced as Christians, one of our greatest problems is broken focus. Broken focus. That's the enemy's strategy. That's why he's throwing all this stuff at you, is to break your focus, to get your eyes off of Jesus and on your situation. That's what he does. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. Know your enemy. And I want to tell you something, church. You can't run. You can't operate on your feelings. I mean, I hear Christians have been Christians for 20 years. Well, I don't feel i don't feel i don't feel like the pastor loves me he didn't shake my hand i don't feel get over it come on grow up we can't live by our feelings if your spiritual walk if you live by your feelings you will spiral up and down your entire walk with him You can't live by your feelings. He says, I'm not moved. I'm not shaken by what I see. His own disciples who had been with him for three years had the same problem. And I love this story. 
This gives us a shining example of this when they were in the midst of the storm and it appeared, it appeared and they felt like we're going to perish. I feel like I'm going to die. Peter and John seasoned sailors struggled to keep down the sail and Matthew, a conferring landlubber, is just struggling to keep down his breakfast. They're in the midst of a great dilemma. I don't know if you have ever been in rough seas. Five, five foot's about the most I've had, and, and I give my Howard Johnson's breakfast bar back to him. <laughs> I'm not greedy. <laughs> Seasick is one of the worst things. Oh, my Lord. I had paid money. I, this, this was down in the Florida Keys for an eight-hour trip. And I get out there, and he drops anchor, and it's, it, this boat's rocking, man. There's, and bless his heart, there's this little fellow standing next to me who was just providing chump service for everybody. I'd never been seasick a day in my life. I got, to look, I got focused on what he was doing, and what the next thing I'm going, Bleh! An hour into an eight hour, I was stricken with, with seasickness. I went up the front of the boat and held onto the anchor chain and went up and down, up and down. I offered the captain everything I had in my wallet just to let me off of that boat. He'd come by every now and then and said, I'm sorry, you're so sick. I'm sorry. I said, you are sorry, man. You need to let me out of here. I need to get up off of this boat right now. Had seven hours to go. I said, oh, God, come quickly. For I am in great dilemma. That's what the disciples are going through. And this was a raging tempest. To the point to where you could have fear that you might just lose your life. But there's a little difference. Because sitting in the bow of that boat is the Prince of Peace. Sound asleep. Perfectly at peace. And what they did, they began to focus more upon their feelings than upon the Prince of Peace. They felt like they were going to die. Oh, we're in great dilemma. Have you ever been there before? And when they finally focused on him, they asked him the same question that we still ask today. They asked three questions. One, don't you know? And don't you care? Are you not aware? Man, I could write a song on that one right there. I want to know why, Lord. I want to know why. If you're just a, I need to know. Are you there? Have you forgotten me? They said, we are in great dilemma. And we need a dire, we're in dire need of a prophetic word. The question, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing in Mark 4.38? They didn't ask Jesus about his ability. They didn't ask him about his knowledge. They didn't, like his ability, said, can you steal the storm? Or his knowledge, aren't you aware of the storm? Or his know-how, do you have any experience with storms? But they just raised doubts about Jesus' character. Don't you know? Don't you care? We're about to perish here. 
Fear does this. It corrodes our confidence in God's goodness. Jesus stood up and spoke three words, peace, peace. Be still. How many times did Jesus speak these words, be of good cheer? Jesus told the paralytic, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven and you are radically and completely saved. He told Bartimaeus, he said, be of good cheer, Bartimaeus. You're going to see today, be of good cheer. He told the woman with the issue of blood, be of good cheer. And today, hear me forward, church, that, that exact same Jesus is walking the aisle of every chair in here, and he's saying peace. He's speaking peace to your situation. Peace to your storm. Peace to your struggle. Peace. 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 Be still. I've got this. Peace. The very same Jesus. Peace. Peace. The song says, Wonderful peace. In the second story of the disciples, once again we see his disciples in the boat in the midst of the sea, in the midst of a great storm fighting for their lives, and to top it off, now they're utterly terrified by what they think is an apparition, which is a fancy word for a ghost. <laughs> Walking on the water. Now, I've got to tell you, I'd be alarmed there. I'd be scared. And being in a, in a, in a bad, bad, bad storm is bad enough. But when you, in the midst of the storm and you see something walking in the water, I have never seen anything like that before. I would have probably bailed out before he got there. Now they're utterly terrified. It appears again. We feel like the boat's sinking. It appears we're going to die. We're going to need another prophetic word here. Jesus just said, cheer up. It's me. Cheer up. I got this. He steps in the boat and the storm ceases. I will tell you, you'll learn things in a storm you won't learn on the beach. And Paul, when he was going through the greatest shipwreck, of his life, he stood up and told everybody, he said, what? Be of good cheer. Why? Because I believe God. I put my trust in God. Beloved, it may appear that the ship's going down in this country. In Europe, in France, in Greece, in Spain. Economies failing. Terrorist plots all around. Our government, Democrats, and Republicans are falling apart at the seams. But I want to tell you something. If America ever goes down, it's not going to be due to Democrats or Republicans. Can I say that this morning? But it's going to be due to spineless preachers and American pulpits who refuse to call sin, sin. Who are more concerned about being seeker sensitive than Holy Spirit sensitive. It's not up to the Congress or the Senate. Guess who it's up to, church? Hello. The Bible says, if what? My people, 
That's us. Who are called by my name will humble themselves. Oh, my God. If we could just do that sometimes. I go to telethons and I see preachers strut in with, uh, what do they call those, armor bears? I'm not against it, but they got three or four. My God, it only takes one guy to carry a briefcase. They strut in like Benny Roosters. Aloof, arrogant. He says, if my people would humble themselves. Seek my face. He said, he wants to be sought. God wants to be pursued. Are you hearing me this morning? Instead of pastors, we have motivational coaches. We refused against to speak out against wickedness in high places and failed to prepare the saints to operate according to God's kingdom laws at the end of his age. Look, I'm not against motivation. Motivation is great. You need to be motivated. Look, you can motivate an idiot, but all you'll have is a motivated idiot. Am I lying? He says, if my people were called by my name, will humble themselves, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, he said, then, and only then will I hear from heaven and heal this land. We've given up far too much ground, church. I get so tired of telling people, you need to keep the church out of the government. No. That's where we belong. We've given up too much ground. Church, it's up to you. It's up to me. Number five. Whew, Lord, I didn't realize. Spirit of conclusion is hovering over me, but it's just not landing. Quickly, don't let your failures rob you of your joy. I'm going to say it again this morning. Don't let your failures rob you of your joy. Don't let failure define who you are. Failure is an event. It's not who you are. My pastor has a saying. It says, admit it, quit it, and forget it. Don't filter the rest of your life through your failures. Unless I'm mistaken, Jesus paid it all. Right in the midst of your greatest fear, you have the right to cry out like King David, who was a man, the Bible said, after God's own heart, create in me, do what you must, a clean and a pure heart. Church, we need a clean heart before him. Only the pure of heart will say, I want to see him. He said, only the pure in heart. I, I don't want just a, a desire for holiness. What I want, I want a history of holiness. I want to be holy. So want to be holy. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit. Restore. Oh, I love that word. Restore unto me the what? The joy. And grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And then I can tell sinners and tell this world 
about your amazing grace. Can you say amen this morning? In case you haven't noticed, we're rapidly winding down to the end of this age. Things look grave all around us, but I'm not going to live by what I see. I'm not going to do it. Just because Jesus said there would be wars, blasphemers, lovers of pleasure. He said, when you see these things come to pass, dig a hole, bury your head in the sand. He said, no, look up again, church. Rejoice, for your redemption is drawing nigh. Lift up your head. Lift up your head. Who is the lifter of our head? Jesus. Let me tell you this morning. Lift, lift up your head. You don't have to look down this morning. Lift up your head. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Paul wrote rejoice in the Lord always while he was, he wasn't in the Hilton. He was in jail. He said rejoice. No matter where you are, no matter what's facing you, rejoice. Praise will break the chains. Rejoice. In the Lord. Can I just take one moment before we finish just to kind of give you an inoculation of the word this morning? He said, I will keep you in perfect peace if you'll keep your mind stayed and focused upon me. John 16, 33. These things have I spoken to you that you may have what? Peace. Psalm 68, 3. But may the righteous rejoice and be glad before God. May they be happy and joyful. Psalms 94, 19. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. Psalm 20. Your joy is not continual. You're not, it's not continual. Conditional on the state of the world's economy. Habakkuk 3.17. It says, So the fig tree should not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines, and the produce of the olive oil in the fields yield no food. And the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will what? I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Your trials should not rob you of joy. He says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet the trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Steadfastness. And he says, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. Rejoice in the Lord when, church? Say it out loud. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Would you stand to your feet? He said, let not your hearts be troubled. Is there somebody here today? Say, Larry, I kind of understand what you're talking about. My, my heart is troubled today. I'm just going to be honest. I'm facing some stuff. And I just like to have prayer. If that's you, would you lift your hand and say, Larry, I'm going to be honest this morning. I'm facing something. I'm facing something. I'm going through some trials this morning. If that's you, yes, yes, yes. Yes, come on. God's moving today. Yeah. If you raise your hand, come on, just, just step right at it. Come on, step up here. Let's be honest this morning with ourselves. Say, Larry, I'm struggling. Larry, I'm just on the verge of losing my joy. Larry, I may have already lost it. I feel like the joy in the life has just kind of left my body. 
Come on, I know there's more. And I need peace. But the Bible says passes all understanding. I want my peace back. I want my joy. I want my strength. I want to know that God's got this. Is there anybody else this morning? Come on, be honest with yourself. Now I want somebody to come stand behind every one of these individuals. Let's come. Come on. Come on, church. Let not your heart be troubled. My peace I leave with you. What stands between you and that peace this morning? What is it? to make a deal with you today beauty for your ashes you may have crashed and burned he says I'll give you beauty for your ashes he says I'll just rub the oil of joy on you what a deal he says I'll give you joy for your mourning he says out, unzip and step out of that old garment of, of heaviness that you've been wearing around. That's not the garment God has for you. It wasn't meant for you to walk around with a heavy spirit every day. And he said, I'll give you a garment of praise. He said, I'll make you a deal. He says, give me that garment of heaviness. I'll give you a garment of praise. I'll give you peace. I'll give you joy. So many of us have become spiritually anemic just because we've lost our peace. We've lost our joy. The Lord said, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing with joy forever. Psalms 30 said, you've turned my mourning into dancing. My weeping into dancing. You have removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. Jesus, in your name this morning, I pray for a divine intervention over every impossible situation. In your name, Jesus, the same Jesus that calmed the sea and the storms that rages, calm this morning. Divine intervention this morning for every impossible situation that you're facing. Supernatural deliverance for an entrance of a turnaround season from this day forth for you. I declare in Jesus' name new beginnings. I declare and I speak restoration in Jesus' name. Complete and total restoration in Jesus' name. Restore, O oh Lord. Restore, O oh Lord, O oh God. What the enemy has stolen. Complete intervention. Restore.
restoration. Church, he's here. If you're sitting in your seat, you knew you should be up here. It's not too late. God, release your favor and the wisdom of counsel on us. Lord, I bind the devices of the devil against us and against you to be destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind every spirit of fear and anxiety. It goes in Jesus' name. Leave in the name of Jesus. Every spirit, every spirit of heaviness, of anxiety, oh God. It goes in Jesus' name. You cannot stay. Come against you. It goes. Every spirit of depression, doubt, and unbelief, it goes in Jesus' name. And Lord, this morning we release the gift of peace and of faith. The spirit of joy. In your name, Jesus, Pastor, would you come? Come on, just lift your hands in his presence this morning. God's moving. Larry's going to go to the keyboard so I'm be able to adjust that now. Is it okay if we go as we close to Alpha and Omega? I, I, let's make that a, this is a worship time, okay? Worship time. A couple things here real quick, um, ladies and gentlemen. We've been here since Friday night. We've been here since Friday night. No, 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 we're not going to try to trail this on. Friday night, oh my goodness. The dancers, the worship, the instruments. A man who should have gone to prison for 25 years to life. He spoke. But listen closely, I didn't know this. That is Curtis Stacy's nephew. Listen. After the service, I said, oh my goodness. Curtis, what in the world? He said, Cornelius is my nephew. And he said, two weeks before he was picked up for all the guns and all of the drugs and everything, he said, God called me from Bronson, B-R-O-N-S-O-N. Make sure you guys tell him. I can still spell that for him. God had me drive all the way to St. Petersburg to warn him to stop, to admit, to admit it, Quit it and forget it. And he said, you know what? Pastor, he didn't do it. And he was picked up. God's warning this nation. God's warning this nation. And here's what I want you to know. I will not stop preaching God's word. And those that do not want to hear God's word, the way I deliver it, won't be here. The last thing that the man of God said yesterday, as he walked away, he stood right here and he said, stand on the word. I'm going to stand on God's word. We're in the most perilous times America has known since 62 years ago that I was born. I'm going to preach God's word. And if there are those here that do not like it, it's okay. Move on. I'm going to preach against sin. I'm going to preach against homosexuality. I'm going to preach against lesbianism. I'm going to agree with the saint yesterday who said, how dare we let one child 
interrupt 24 other kids who are trying to learn in the environment. But our education, see, I could lose my job right here. Our education is trained and training us to focus on the one and let the 24 go. We're in dangerous times. But God saved me and he called me and I'm not backing up for anybody. I know some of you heard me go boom and a couple other things because that resonated in my spirit that we are in the most dangerous times. And if you don't believe so, you're free to move on. I'm going to preach the uncompromising word of God and I'm not hiding in my home and I'm not hiding in a church facility. I'm in one of the most difficult locations you can imagine in education. And that is in an alternative setting. So my feet touch reality. And God forgive ministers who are fakes and fronts and who are playing games with eternity. Listen to me closely. I will not stop preaching God's word. If you don't like the way I preach, move on. You can't move me. You can't leave me. And you can't tell me to leave. I'm here under the call of God. Either come under or move out. All of you heard that. I've received counsel from Bishop Curtis Stacy, and he said, Man of God, I am by your side. If you do not like the ministry of God's word in this house, you will have to move on. Don't come to me and speak to me about the way I preach. Move on. Come on, church. The Spirit of the Lord is here. You didn't know me when he saved me. You weren't around me when God called us out of First Assembly in Franklin. And people begged me, do not go. And I said, I'm going because God called me to go to Florida. If you are here to disturb this kingdom that God is establishing on earth through this house, you are free to go with no hard feelings. You're not going to change me. You're not going to alter me. And I take authority over every spirit that is working against this ministry. The Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob shall expose you. And you will repent or be destroyed thereby. I was up in the middle of the night with my wife. I woke her up, turned on the lights, and said, we've got to go before the Lord right now. If you do not trust me, walk out of this ministry. But do not speak against my life or judgment will come to you and your house. I am humble, I am broken, and I'm devastated at the condition of our schools, the condition of most pastors, and how they're afraid to preach God's word. I never came to Florida to make a lot of money or make a big name. I came here to invest my life in broken people. Everyone and anyone is welcome here, but if you try to disturb the preaching of God's word, woe unto you. I'm going to be more tenacious for Christ than I've ever been in my life from 62 years of age until God calls me home or he returns to rapture the church because my dad's on the other side and I do not want to hear him say to me when I get home 
How dare you drop the baton? How dare you, Dennis Wayne Weber, drop the baton that I gave to you? I love everyone that walks through this house, but do not try to alter the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ or the way God has me deliver it. You're free to move on. Do not stay and be a source of aggravation. And woe unto anyone in the body of Christ that sows seeds of discord among the brethren. This is no time, no time to play with God's kingdom. I'm a lover of Christ and I'm a pursuer of his purpose. And I'm asking for those that know him and know the calling on my life and my wife. I'm asking you to rally around the banner of the cross. God loves homosexuals and lesbians. But he did not then and he does not now tolerate anything that is opposite of his written word. Stop watering down God's word in your family. Stop it before it shows up in your children. Stop it now in Jesus' name. Stand on God's word for you will stand before him and give an account. Not on your theories and not on the way you thought it was stated. He is going to let you know this is what I said and you did not obey my word. We are now in an era of where it must be total obedience or abandonment. I jotted down as we get ready to close. Worship that does not produce obedience was false worship. I don't care who the band is. I don't care who the worshiper is. I don't care who the preachers are. If my worship does not come forth in obedience to the word, it was not legitimate worship. That's the way I'll be preaching from now on. If you don't like that, I invite you to move on. With no hard feelings. If my worship today does not bring obedience this week, working with parents and teenagers and colleagues, then my worship was a fraud. I said mine. That's how I'll be preaching. That's how I'll be teaching. That's how I'll be living. That hurt the other day when I heard someone here say it was Pastor Wilcox. It doesn't matter how your wife is acting or treating you. You love her as Christ loves the church. That is obedience at the highest level. With this, we close with a benediction. Several weeks ago, I said to a man, listen closely, because I am God's called man. I don't, I don't brag on that, but it's dangerous to touch God's anointed. I walked into this auditorium, and there were a couple men, and I said to a gentleman, I said, I want you to love your wife the way that Jesus has loved you. I'm saying to all men today, love your wife and your children the way that Jesus has loved you. You're accountable. Shall we pray?
We're in dire need. Individually, we are in dire need in our homes. We are in dire need in our schools. We are in dire need within every church for somehow, some way that Jesus Christ will be manifested and demonstrated with love, grace, and mercy. I ask in Jesus' name that whenever the word is preached, it will never be with hostility, with with love, grace, and mercy. May we not be blinded by issues, circumstances, or personalities. May we count the cost, deny ourselves, and follow Christ. And as we stand in the presence of the Most High God, most of you would not want to hear from Jim Elliott, one of the heroes of my life, nor would you like to read any of his journals. I don't know if he was stabbed in the front or if that arrow caught him in the back down in Ecuador. But I know that he said this. A man is no fool to give up what he cannot keep to gain what he shall never lose. Someday I will see Jesus Christ and I will see men and women who have been martyred for the cause of Jesus Christ. How dare I compromise God's word so I can be liked by people that are not even passionate in obedience. Now may the Lord Jesus Christ bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he give you strength and may he give you blessings as you obey him moment by moment. And God's people said, Amen. Check out this worship as we prepare. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.